if you just want to start like however you really want to but like what I would like people to f- sort of find out from you how how you got started in the, in the first place right so like yeah you're now doing home loans that's what you do but yeah. how did you begin into that like from from uni to now I guess like yeah. a short okay. place notes if you want so just start talking mm. yeah cool so um left school went to uni did an accounting degree worked out pretty early on that I didn't really understand a lot of it and um, I didn't really enjoy <laughs> didn't really enjoy it that much um but got a job in the public sector and had a did quite a few different roles there um working with small business people doing marketing projects IT projects that sort of thing had a bit of a career break in the middle of um of that and did some work with football stadiums in Melbourne yeah. and the UK which was a bit of fun and then uh, finished took redundancy from the public service 2014 um, did a bit more accounting work and then ended up having the opportunity to get in broking about five years ago and uh, really enjoy it it's good fun did it seem like an obvious um, like an obvious transition no, not really. I think it's one of those things where it's a sliding door thing where you're, um, you've got a few options in front of you and then you take one and it just sort of takes you down a path. Okay. So um, the good thing about um, doing finance, is it's a bit frustrating at the moment mm. because um, it's just taking so long because the current situation we're in and it's taking a long time to get people approved and okay. things that took a week take five or six. Is so, that um, because... Is it just like the change from a banking perspective of like what staff can get into work and stuff like that? Like yeah, a lot of a lot of banks are down on numbers. Mm. Um, the number of people they normally have um, looking at new business from out new loans and settling new loans. A lot of those staff have had to be um, moved to other work, helping existing clients through the issues they've got with paying their loans, which is which is yeah, fair enough. Um, but it's just slowed things down a lot. So okay. things that would normally take a week take four or five. Mm. So it's just, um, but no, it's, it's, it's good. It wasn't a natural thing to get into, but um, it's good helping people get into their, you know, you know, the house that they like and then going to visit them when they're at the house that, that they're just bored. And yeah. That sort of thing. It's very, very fulfilling. Okay. And do you find, like, what sort of, would you think that, like, What's the sort of uh, demographic, like age range of the people you're dealing with day to day? Like, who's interested in getting loans right now? Yeah, at the moment, first home buyers. So they're probably mid twenties to late thirties. Okay. So they may be a young couple, or they might be a couple that have got together later in life, um, looking to buy their first property. So we help them with the different options that they've got around that. Um, you know, people in their 30s and 40s who are in their house who want a bit of money out to, to do things. They might want to renovate their place or buy another place or just get a better deal from their current bank. So we help them. We also help quite a lot of people over 50 who, um, yeah, for various reasons, either haven't bought or are renting and want to, want to buy property. So there's, there's different lenders for different people. And the good thing about being a broker is we've got access to lots of different lenders who can help lots of different people what do you think there's a prime like I guess coming from where I think of like I wonder whether 
people like I met a girl who when I was living in Canada who had a house she bought a house and was paying it off by 18 19 she was already she left school and was working a job bought the house rented it out and moved to Canada for travel I wonder like if you think from your perspective is there an age that's the best age to do it or is it sort of just dependent on your own circumstances uh depends on your own circumstances the old analogy is the best the best time to buy a house is 20 years ago and the next best time is today um Mm. i think it depends on what there's there's sort of two types of buyers there's the person who's going to live in the house and it's more of an emotional thing it's about where you live where your lifestyle is Mm. where you work where your friends are, what your, you know, is it around your activities? Um, and that's different. People buy property differently when you go live in the place because you've got to have a connection to the place. Whereas if you're buying the investment, it's very much about the numbers. It's about what's the vacancy rate, what's the yield, what's the rent. Um, you know, a lot of people buy close to where they live. They buy their investment property close to where they live mainly because they're familiar with the area mm. but you've really got to think about who are this who is going to rent the place what are they going to pay what are they looking for it's more about the renter rather than about yourself okay. so um there's there's also rent vesting where people may live at home or rent um but buy a rental property somewhere where they necessarily wouldn't want to live but is a good investment from a from a um, property perspective okay Something, I spoke to Dante about this yesterday too, I mentioned it earlier, but like, there seems to be like a bit of a a disconnect to me in school about like just basic, like money management stuff and things that you've spoken about before with me of just like not spending money on stuff that you don't really need to spend money on and like, do you think you can sort of expand on like what sort of lessons I guess you've learned? in the years of I guess how to manage your money better yeah. so then when you do want to get a loan like a lot of people are, are when I was at we recently went to get phone plans and stuff sorted and a lady that was in there when I was with mum uh, got denied on a credit check and they said that she had a few outstanding things that she hadn't paid off it's like I don't think many people realise the dangers of that like getting involved in that stuff way too early with like unnecessary stuff. Yeah, so so look, what, what banks look at is your ability to repay a loan. And there's a, a, a responsible lending obligation that banks have and the brokers have as people that introduce clients to banks. And a lot of it is around, um, you know, banks look at your past behaviour. So when they're looking at you, if you're earning good money but you don't have much savings, they'll be worried that when, if you do get a loan, that you won't have enough income because of the way you spend your money to pay your loan. Um, so there's an old saying, which is you can either uh, play now and pay later, or you can pay now and play later. Mm-hmm. And what that's about is, um, is you know, some people will, will spend money on expensive cars or just buy toys, go on expensive holidays and all that sort of thing. They want to play now when they come to buy a house they will pay later because they don't have the savings record or they don't have the financial discipline to show to a bank so it's it's about it's like everything else in life you gotta make you gotta work out where your destination is and then you make your choices to work 
for that destination. And I'll say to clients, if you're if you're packing, if you're looking going on a holiday to Alaska, you will pack a certain certain things to go on that trip. And if you're going on a holiday to Bali, you'll pack certain things to go on that trip. And buying a house is no different. If you want a big, nice house, well, you've got to make more sacrifices than if you want a smaller house. So it's it's about the choices you make. Mm. And if you have lots of credit facilities, so if you have personal loan, credit card, store card, um, interest-free card, Afterpay, Zippay, Zoom, Hum, all these different credit right. facilities. If you have all these different things, a bank will look at you and go, okay, if we're going to lend this person a lot of money to pay a house off over 30 years, their behaviour shows that at the drop of a hat, they just get credit. Is that the sort of person we want to have yeah, lending money to? Is that the sort of person we want to lend money to? Or would we rather the person who has um, a good, good income and has shown that they can save money? either by saving money or by rent, renting and saving money. If you rent and save money, that's a good thing because the bank knows when you buy a house and move in, you're not going to have that rent. Okay. So it shows that you can, if you can rent and save money, that's a good thing. So it's, a, it's about the choices you make. And um, through comprehensive credit reporting, um, any lender has access to your full financials and what you've done and where you've been. And that's... That can be, that's like years. Like I'm, not, how long? I'm not exactly sure how far it goes back, but right. when we, um, when, when people approach us for help, one of the first things we do is say, look, get a, get a copy of your free credit report, and you can get that through Equifax off um, the internet, a free credit report, and send it to us and we'll have a look. And if there's, for, for every credit inquiry, we need to know, what, why you made the inquiry, um, what it was for, did it go ahead? And if it didn't go ahead, why didn't it go ahead? Did you decide, look, I really didn't need it, or were you declined? And we need to tell the bank we're going to, on this date, this credit inquiry, here's what it was for. And we tell you need to tell the bank everything mm -hmm. because it's there in black and white. You mentioned about the um, lady at the, at the phone store. If you do have defaults, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It could be we've had clients who have changed banks, so the direct debit wasn't in place in time, so there was a, a default. But if there's regular defaults and you're regularly paying things late, um, you know, if you can't make a $150 phone bill on time, how are you gonna make a $1,500 mortgage repayment on time for 30 years? Yeah. That's the sort of thing that the bank will look at. So. Um, Money's never been cheaper to borrow. May even get cheaper, who knows. Um, but at the moment, um, the banks have got a lot of clients who, because of the pandemic, um, are on loan repayment holidays, may not be able to make all their repayments. Is that like they, they're pausing repayments? Yeah, pausing repayments, or maybe rather than doing principal and interest, they're just doing interest only. Mm. The last thing the bank wants is to take on more people that are going to be problematic. Yeah. So they're going, as I said at the start, things that took used to take a week to get approved are taking five to six weeks to get approved. Mm. One, because there's less bank staff to look at the, the, the things coming through, 
and also because they're just going through things a lot in a lot more detail, which is which is a good thing. Yeah. Because if you, the old adage with property, is that you make your money on the way in. And that's about that's about buying a property at a good price. So making a solid offer, but not overpaying for the property. The other way of making money on the way in is by having a good loan. So if you can save 0.2, if your loan's 400 grand, 0.2, 0.3 is $400 to $500 a year in savings, which is about $10 a week. If you pay that off your loan, you'll pay your loan a lot quicker. And when you say that, so like you said money's never been cheaper to borrow, is that because of the, the interest rates so like you borrow 400 grand right mm -hmm. every month you pay off a percentage of that plus interest yeah and that's over 30 years or over whatever um what are the what are the interest rates so like different banks offer different interest rates is what i'm guessing how do they determine that stuff? Is it is it just sort of willy-nilly, they just choose it, or is it a bond? No, it's, a, it's not, not willy-nilly. In, um, say, Jan, we're now, what, uh, June 20, 2020, in early 2019, interest rates, variable, were probably mid-3%, low 3% for variable rates, and fixed rates were about 35 to 3.7 for two-year fixed. Now, variable rates around 2.7, 2.8, and fixed rates around 2.2 to 2.3. So in mid-March, when the when the sort of the, the, the charts showing what the pandemic might play out like with lots of people in you know, ICU beds and that sort of thing and the economy tanking, the government lent the banks, um, I think it was $90 billion for three years at very cheap rates. So the banks drop their fixed interest rates. Um, fixed works for some people, doesn't work for others. It just depends upon your circumstances. But um, yeah, it's never, interest rates have never been cheaper. So it's a good time to be looking at your options if, um, if you're in a solid job that hasn't really been impacted by the pandemic. Right. And so there's different, you said, depending on your circumstances, certain rate interest rates and types of interest rates are better for you so there's what there's fixed rate variable variable rate interest only um, principal and interest principal and interest so yeah. how do, what are the different like so fixed rate is obviously you're going to pay this percentage uh, interest on your payments every single is it monthly a month yeah. every month for however long it takes you to pay it off a variable well with, with fixed fixed are fixed for a period so you might have a 30-year loan but the fixed period you might just for the first two years fix your interest rate now you might do that because the rates are low you might do that because you might think I just want to know what my repayments gonna be for the next two years and I'm I'm lock it in and I'm happy with that and, and you just, can sort of budget for that, too yeah, budget for that and it's just not something I have to worry about Variable rates, it can go up and down depending upon um, when the Reserve Bank moves rates and the Reserve Bank meetings today, first Tuesday of every, of every month. So, you know, if, they, if the Reserve Bank put rates up, variable rates normally go up. When the Reserve Bank drops rates, they normally go down. Um, sometimes rates go up and down regardless of what the Reserve Bank does. It might be that um, 
the cost of money here or overseas has gone up or gone, gone down. Or it might be that some banks might have been able to secure some funds at cheap rates so to get market share they might drop their interest rate. So you've got fixed variable but you can also split your loan so you can have you might have a lot of it fixed and some variable so you can have like a bit of a cocktail. Um, if you're buying a place to live in generally you have a principal and interest loan because you want to pay the loan down whereas if you've got a, a loan on investment property you might have an interest only um, while you because you can that debt is tax deductible and um, the other debt you have you might have a car loan or a credit card or a, or a home you live in that debt is not tax deductible so you want to focus on paying that down um, I do probably do need to say this is just general advice too um, you know you really need to get advice from professionals um, before you you know you work out which way you want to go okay Getting back to the other point around what sort of people we're seeing, um, people there's a lot of people refinancing, so they may have been in a loan. Generally, if you've been a loan in a loan for two, three, four, five years, you're probably paying more than you need to. So um, the first thing we do with our clients is um, we go to their existing bank and ask them for a better deal. Quite often, they're agreeable to that. Um, if they don't, or if the deal they come up with is not that good, well then we'll go with the client through the process of finding them another bank that will give them a better deal. And that's when you'll switch your, you'll switch like the, whatever's remaining on that loan goes to a different bank. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so generally if a client's been, say the client have a 30-year loan and they're five years in, we would normally go to another lender but with a 25 year loan term because we don't want to add to the client's loan term you know the, the whole idea of you know ideally you want to pay your loan down quick um you know quick you pay them down the the more money you're going to save because you're paying less interest with um but some people might say look we actually want to borrow more because we want to update the the bathroom or update mm. the roof or do some landscaping or do some property improvements we do that a lot of the time new kitchens those sorts of things so you know if you were going to get a, um, a personal loan for those things you'd pay a lot higher interest rate um, yeah so people want to do that do those sorts of things in an in an like when I think of the refinancing model of it like I always assume that it's a it, it sounds like a, a more um, labour-intensive process because you're moving banks. Is it something that takes a lot of time to get through or is it just dependent on how, like like what sort of factors key into how quickly you can refinance and move banks if, yeah. if the bank you're with don't offer you something to keep that's good to keep you there? Yeah, the, the process is probably... The quickest that's going to happen is probably a month, and the longest is probably three months. And it, ju it just depends on the circumstances, and also depends upon the bank that you're, that you're moving the loan to. Um, some of the banks at the moment, if you lodged a loan with them today, um, 2nd of June, they may not have anyone look at it till early July, because they've just got too many loans in their queue. Um, some banks offer refinance cashbacks, so they might say, bring your loan to us. 
and we'll give you X thousand dollars, might be two thousand, three thousand, sometimes four thousand dollars. Now, when those offers are around, um, it's quite compelling to go to banks like that because uh, there's there's a bit in it for for the client. But generally, those banks have long loan queues, whereas other banks who don't offer those or for some reason don't have the brand name that some of the bigger banks have, um, their loan queue might be short and they can approve a loan in three or four days. So a loan queue just means they've got more people in the pipeline yeah. to have a loan approval. Yeah. So if they've got more people in the lineup to be approved on a loan, why would they be giving money away to people? Well, it's just a, a marketing cost. So mm. they can run ads on TV, they can do stuff on social media, or they can have an incentive to, for people right. to come to them. It just comes out of their marketing. Could you put that... Uh, that's one question too that I, I remembered from um, Dante and I talking yesterday. Can you make extra payments on top of whatever payments you've got for a loan? So like, yeah. 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 So generally, when you have a variable loan, if your repayments are... $1,000 a month, you can pay 1200 a month if you want. Um, we encourage people to pay their loan repayments weekly or fortnightly because you're making extra repayments and you're making them early. Um, so you can just think, if you've got a loan and it's the 1st of June and the repayment comes out on the 30th of June, each day you're incurring interest. So when you come to the 30th of June, there's more interest and then you pay down, make your repayment, which comes off, some comes off the principal and some pays the, the interest. But if you're paying weekly, on the 7th of June, you'll make a repayment, which means on the 7th, your loan balance is less, so the interest is less. Now on the 14th of June, which happens to be my birthday, <laughs> you, would, um, you, would do, you would do the same thing. Um, and then the 21st and then the 28th. So if you can make your repayments weekly or at least fortnightly, it's a lot better. Um, a lot of people do make their repayments fortnightly because it chimes in with their pay cycle. So they might get paid on Thursday and the repayment comes out on Friday. So yeah, the, the trick is to try and pay extra. And we try and set people up to do that from the start. So if we say, look, your, your fortnightly repayment is $900, let's make it a thousand. So you're paying an extra hundred or fortnight. You won't miss the money. You you won't even know you won't even know you're missing it. If you can pay more, that's good. If you pay in a, on a variable loan, if you pay more into the loan, you can redraw it out most of the time as well, depending upon how the loan's set up, whether it's a um, extra payments and redraw or whether you've got an offset account. So that's that's the sort of thing that your bank or your broker can can take you through. Okay. Is there's one or two more things to, to ask you, right? One of them would be, is the, so that's a refi, like if in an ideal scenario, it's like one to three months, give or take for a refinancing process. What's the loan process look like? Yeah. Like I've seen it with you and mum obviously, but like from your perspective, how from start to finish, and again, it's dependent on circumstances too, but like how does that process look for somebody looking to do it? Yeah, so what we'd normally do is just get some initial info from clients on their, their situation, what they earn, um, what other loans they have, what they spend their money on, just in a broad sense. 
and then we'll have a look at that and then we'll, we'll think okay and if they've got say it's a refinancing we'll see what their existing loan is their existing rate is with, with some people their existing loan and their existing rate is good we will say to them look you're in a good loan just stay there but you know you might want to make some extra repayments and you know you might have equity that you can leverage to buy an investment property if you want to do that or you know you might have you might have um you know it's amazing how many people have savings but still run a high credit card which is you know you if you've got 20 grand in the bank and you've got 10 grand on your credit card that you never pay off you're better off most of the time pulling 10 grand from your savings and paying your credit card down because your credit card you might be paying 20 22 percent interest on whereas your savings you might be earning one and a half percent so financially it makes sense mm. to pay your credit card out not all the time just sometimes so we'll, we'll talk to people about their debt um if if we're thinking we will then meet with them, talk about different options, how it might look, have a spreadsheet with numbers which shows interest saving per year and any sort of refinance cashback that a bank might be interested in giving them to, to get their loan. We will then get them to talk to their existing bank and say, look, we're talking to a broker, looking at moving, don't think we're on the best deal, what can you do for us? Now, sometimes their existing bank will come to them and offer them a better rate and we might say, well, take that, and that's good. Um, if the bank doesn't, for some reason, is not interested, we'll then go through the process. Um, what, it, what that usually entails is us getting their information. We get a privacy consent signed, and then we get their um, basic financial information. So if they've got a current home loan, the last couple of months statements, we've got credit cards, last couple of months statements, um, we get act, we give them access to we we ask them to go through their bank accounts and work out where they actually spend their money and that's a pretty good exercise um what we suggest to people is you get your bank account every account you've got where you spend money so it can be a credit card account bank account and that you get one of those multicolored pens and for you look at three months and against every item you've spent money on a green tick goes against everything you absolutely have spent. So you had to pay the power bill, you had to put fuel in the car, you had to buy groceries, uh, you had to pay the kids' school fees, those sorts of things. And then a red tick goes against everything you really didn't need to spend mm. that you could have done without. Right. So um, Uber Eats is a cracker, is a classic. Um, yeah, $200 pair of running shoes, like just, just items that you really didn't need to spend money on so they get a red tick and then what we do is we say just have a look and then try and say okay let's for the next let's just try and make that a habit that let's money you spend on discretionary things that just you do just because you can don't really add much to your wealth in the long term okay so we'll have because one of the th one of the first checks we run is if you know if a client has net income of six thousand dollars a month, and says they spend fifteen hundred dollars a month living, well they should be saving four and a half grand a month. So if you're on a hundred grand a year and you're spending two grand a month allegedly, and you've got eight hundred dollars in the bank, yeah, there's an issue. Yeah, your spending's out of whack. Yeah, so okay. it's not really it's all that we're trying to do is say to people look if you want to. You live your life, it's up to you. But if you want to be wealthy, 
um, buy assets that produce capital gains and income and try and limit your expenditure on rubbish. So we go through that process and then once we're in a position to go to a bank with that information, we do a thing called a credit proposal which outlines the, the loan the different loan options and which ones are available and how it all works. And then we put in the application and then that goes to the bank for a person at the bank to look at. Now the person at the bank looking at that probably has an hour to make a decision on whether the bank is gonna lend $400,000 to someone they've never met um, for 30 years. So we need to tell the bank enough about you to make them feel comfortable in giving that the green light. So we tell them about your employment, um, your credit history, um, we show them through your statements that you pay your loans on time or if you've had credit facilities that you've paid them out and closed them. So if you've got afterpay, paid out and closed. If you've got a credit card, you, if you've got a credit card with a thousand dollars on it but a twenty thousand dollar limit, the bank assumes during the loan you could run up twenty grand's worth of debt. So let's reduce your credit card limit or pay it out and get rid of it if you don't really need it. What do you think about credit cards? Yeah, like from I've never had a credit card and in school people would tell me that it's probably not ideal to get one anyway because like especially now you can sort of just forget, like pay and forget and stop mm. worrying so much about it and then next thing you know you've got a lot of money to pay off like yeah. Do you think it's better to just not have a credit card in the it's first really, place? It's really it's up, up to the individual. Um, if, you can, if you always pay the credit card out, it's probably not a bad thing. But you know, if you can't control your spending, that's probably something you don't want to have. Okay. So I think, um, I don't like to talk about the old days, but when my parents were, were my or younger, um, yeah, when they got paid, um, they paid their bills and they saved money and they lived off the rest. Whereas now it's you pay your bills, you live, and then you save the rest. And a lot of the time, it's not not enough. Say that again. I might try and remember that. Yeah. So what people would do is they'd get their pay, and it'd be in cash. So they would pay their bills, put money in the savings, and live off the rest. Right. Now a lot of the time is you get your money, you spend it. You pay your bills, and if there's money left over, good, you'd save it. So mm. saving's the last thing people do now. Maybe savings should be the, the one the yeah. first. So you know, put put money away first, pay your bills, and then you know live off live off the rest. But it's just easy. Like we'll often see people's um, and and other brokers say this, and you know bank people that I um that I talk to, you know, because everything's so transparent now, um. Now, if you if you had two hundred dollars um, out of your pay and you spent it at different places and paid cash, that's just two hundred dollars. But now with payway, tap and go, and all this sort of stuff, everyone can see where you're spending money on on everything, and you can't really hide from it. So things like um, like takeaway all the time, like take takeaway is fine, but three or four times a week it just adds up. And yeah, the main thing we say to people is yeah. What's your, what's your net pay? Where do you spend your money and how much is left over? And a lot of the time there's a big difference between the reality and, and what people think. 
So, but just to get back to things, so what we need to do when we go to the bank is we need to sell you to the bank. So we need to say he's, he's the couple or the individual, he's why they're a good fit for you as the oh, like a marketing in, in like yeah, you yeah. market them to say yeah, this so is a say, good person yeah, so we, we say they here's their um here's their pay slips and here's where the money goes in our bank account so they can see where the money goes here's where they spend their money um here's you know they they might have had this credit facility but we've closed it and here's the evidence of it being closed with a letter from the per, from the credit provider saying you know your account's closed so, and it's about trying to get people to realise that they're, they're the result of their own choices. It's no one else's fault that they're in the position they're in. It's, it's not their mum and dad's fault. It's not the neighbour's fault. It's not the government's fault. It's not climate change's fault. It's actually they're in the position they're in because of the choices they've made. And if they make the same choices, they're going to end up going the same path. But if you make different choices, you've got the opportunity to do that. But right. you, can't, um, you can't have your, your dream, if that's to, to own a house, um, if you're spending money willy-nilly because um, you're not going to have the savings to um, get a deposit together. Um, a lot of people use like parent, parents as guarantors now where you don't really need a deposit because the extra security from a parent's property um, secures the loan along with the property you're buying. But you still need to, we still need to show the bank um, that you are worth the risk because the last thing they really want is to be taking on um, clients that, you know, they're going to struggle yeah. because it's no good for the bank and it's certainly no good for the clients. Right. What... What would be your takeaways, not just finance-wise, but just life in general? Because you've spoken to me about this before, but what would be your takeaways from this whole COVID stuff? Like lessons you think people, you hope people might get out of it that you have or just that what you sort of, um, where you see things going finance-wise because of this? Or just in general, like... Yeah, look, I think finance-wise is just keep a track of what you're spending money on and think about do you really need to spend it. Um, you know, the government's been giving money job seeker, job keeper and those sorts of things because they didn't want people to um, fall through the cracks. Um, that's all going to stop eventually. And yeah, the whole idea of that money was to keep the economy ticking over, which is which is good. But I, I just think generally, um, maybe just maybe just yeah, watch where you spend your money. And when you get your statement at the every and <clears throat> end of every month when it pops through, get the red red pen and the green pen, and just think, okay, did I really need to spend that? Because it's a, it's amazing how much money you can rack up just on tapping for this and tapping yeah, for that yeah. stuff. Yeah, so um, it's really about, you know, you're, you're responsible for your own life, so take responsibility. Um, and, um, yeah, there's plenty of people out there that will help you if you're willing to be helped. Yeah. So, um, okay. yeah. Well, do you want to just plug the, um, just talk about the business and let people know where they can find it and stuff and we'll just wrap oh, it yeah. up there? Yeah, for sure. Sounds good. Um, so, yeah, we're Money Saver Home Loans. 
Um, we picked the name because we like to save people money. Um, that's our thing about trying, if people can save money, they'll be wealthier. Um, not everyone can go to the boss and get a $100 a week pay rise, but most people can probably cut $100 a week out of the, what they spend their money on. Um, we also try and help clients save money on their loan. So you know, often we can save people six, seven grand a year in interest on their loan, which because you pay your loan after you've paid tax, if you're saving six grand a year on your loan, it's like a 10 grand a year pay rise. Right. So that's how we come up with the name. Um, so you can find us on Facebook, um, on, um, on the web moneysaverhomeloans.com.au and um, yeah, happy to help anyone who, uh, who needs it, even if it's just a bit of a chat about your current situation and what you're looking to do. Um, we've talked to people who then bought a house three years after we first spoke to them because it just took a while to get ready. Um, happy to help people and um, yeah, if you need help, see me out. Beautiful. Awesome. That'll be it.